Amen. Take your Bibles and go to the book of Exodus. Hasn't the Lord been good to us? If you're sitting by somebody you love, tell them you love them. Y'all don't be lying now. Don't be lying. If you're sitting next to someone you can't hardly stand, smack them upside the head. Smack them upside the head. Watch out now. Hadn't the Lord been really good to us? Give me some, give me some volume, Drew. What do y'all think about uh, the Lord sending Drew about a dozen Christian young ladies that he could meet tonight? Finding girls. Brother Drew, that's Drew right there. And uh, I'll leave you alone, Cole. We got to marry Drew off before we can get to them rascals over there. All right. Praise the Lord. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? I bless the Lord. And uh, thank God for all the preachers. Uh, If you are a pastor, an evangelist, or a missionary, or you're called to preach, men, (laughs) we're far enough up in the hills, we better qualify that. All you preachers stand up just for a moment. We want to see the men of God that are here tonight. Even if you're a preacher boy just called to preach, you stand. Thank the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Thank God. About 70 or so. Thank you. Thank you, men of God, for being here tonight. Thank you, Brother Tommy, for bringing the young people from Brother Lawson's. I know Brother Lawson appreciates all the good study material I send him so he can have (laughs) something to say. Don't tell him. Don't tell him I said that, Brother Victor. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Brother Turbifield. And we want to thank God for this building the Lord's give y'all. This is really a, a small miracle to some, a big miracle to others. And this is a blessing of God. And I'm praying that the lake floods and comes all the way up here and then stays so y'all can have lakefront property, see. I know it'll mess up a lot of people's homes, but they shouldn't have built down there. And so that's what I'm praying for. (laughs) That'd be neat, wouldn't it? Well, thank the Lord. Brother Virgil, I could listen to you all night long. And... and, uh, that's a beautiful voice from God. I sound just like that, but I've had some allergies <coughs> for the last few. <coughs> I'll just, you have to catch me later. I hadn't really had my... You've got to have a trained ear to pick up on it, but it's, it's true. It's true. But thank you. What a blessing. And uh, it's good to see our missionaries tonight, two of them, Brother Chris White and Brother... Rob Smith, uh, Rob and Amanda, stand up because Amanda didn't get to stand up. Stand up, Brother Rob and Sister Amanda. And I've been knowing this girl since she was a teen. That's her daddy behind her. Raise your hand, Brother Hems. Pastors up in Virginia. What town are you in? Trout, that's right. And uh, that's, I've been preaching to her since she's a little teenage girl. And uh, she is praying to go to England. When she was 16 years old. 
then God's, as a missionary, as a young teenager, she is praying that God would send her to England. And she met an Englishman. <laughs> fell in love with his accent. Didn't even care what he looked like, see. That's good, ain't it, Rob? Rob, you better thank God for that. And, uh, but God, you know, he'll give you the desires of your heart if you desire the right things. And uh, they just got back. From, now, Brother Rob's from over there, and he got saved because a missionary, Brother Roger Tooley, uh, came, and he got saved. And he came over here to Crown College to go to Bible College. And that's where he met and married Miss Amanda. Now they're going back. They just got back from a survey trip and there's an old man of God like he told you and he's, and he's dying with stage 4 cancer and he's told Brother Rob, this is just a month ago, two churches here need you, waiting on you and what could be done in that area. Thank you, Brother Rob and Sister Amanda. Y'all, y'all pray for that and take them on for monthly support. Do you know you could take them on individually? You can make out a check and send it every month. You don't have to wait on your pastor and your church. I'm talking to everybody from all the different places. Me and my wife, that's how we do it. That's what we do. We believe going through the church. But you ain't got to wait on your church. You can write a check out of your checkbook every month. That'd be better than spending it on NASCAR and Tennessee Vols and Tennessee Vols and Tennessee Vols. Give it to God. Invest it. Something eternal. Well, hadn't the Lord been really, he's been really good to us. Exodus chapter 12. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Holy Ghost, help us. Lord, tonight, through the scriptures, the preached word of God, Lord, make preaching what you meant for it to be. I thank you for it in Christ's name. And all the Lord's people said, if the Lord will help me, I want to begin going down a road. I'm calling it Redemption Road. Exodus is the book of redemption. In chapter 12, there's red blood put over the door. Look at the look at back here over your door. There's a red exit over the door. Exodus literally means the great exit of all of us. What it literally means. It means God exits us. Now where do you think that the government codes got the idea to put a red exit sign over a door? Well, y'all can't just look at me. I'll throw these flyers at you. Let's try that again. In Exodus chapter 12, you're supposed to be running ahead of me. There's a lamb died and the blood was on the door. Y'all ain't helping me. Thank the Lord for it. Now, I've been traveling down Redemption Road in my studies and in this preaching. I'm starting in chapter 12. Why am I starting in 12? Because that's where our journey starts. That's where you come through a bloody doorway. That's where you come through a door that's got blood. Y'all ain't helping me. Thank God. Ain't you glad for the night you got saved? 
The Lord done told me to preach this tonight and then Brother Virgil sang about that lamb. One dark, I would sing it, but I've had hay fever and allergies for a couple of, couple of decades. My voice has been a little off. One dark night in Egypt, a lonely time. And that's what it is referring to in Exodus chapter 12. The Lord starts our journey in that bloody doorway. Now what I've done, the way the Lord's opened this studies up to me, is walking from Exodus 12 to Exodus 20. The reason I stop at 20 is that where God stops and he brings Moses up on Mount Sinai and there's where he receives what we know as the Ten Commandments. And in chapter 20 and 21, 22 and 23, And even over into 24, God begins to give that old covenant. Pick your Bible up and kiss it and thank God for the old covenant. But then you better not leave it there. You better thank God for that new covenant. You got an Old Testament and you got a New Testament. Can I get a witness right there? Amen. Thank God. And there's not a third testament. I was out in South Dakota preaching too close to Mormon territory and opened up the motel little desk there and there was a Gideon's Bible but on top of it was a Mormon. It said a Mormon Bible. It said another testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't want to know what I said. I acted like Yosemite Sam for a little bit. Friggle, fraggle, smiggle, smaggle, wiggle, waggle. You know he's a Baptist. He cussed 10 minutes and not say anything bad. Amen. Yosemite Sam. These kids don't even know. I'm sorry you never got to meet him. Him and old Foghorn Leghorn. That's two great. Both of those men had influence in my life in my early years. Talk to me now. And Elmer Fudd. When I grew up, we shot animals even in the cartoons. Thank God for Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. What about that? But anyhow, I've picked up another testament. I can't tell you what all, how I acted, but it wasn't in there when I left. Can I get a witness right there? Confiscated that thing I did. They wanted me to have it, I could tell. (laughs) Oh, listen, I don't mind when somebody puts uh, Ten Commandments out in front of the church. I don't mind when you put it on the wall, but please put a big old cross next to it. Y'all ain't helping me. This thing didn't stop with the law. And you better thank God it didn't. Thank God there was another testament that took us to a cross. And if y'all gonna put a monument out there, the Ten Commandments, I'm perfectly fine with that. Just make sure there's a cross next to it and make sure the cross is bigger. Amen. Amen. And so this journey goes from chapter 12 to chapter 20. And if the Lord will help us, we'll walk down Redemption Road and just see if you can get a blessing of watching because it's sort of a progression. Some of them Old Testament pictures of what our journey looks like. Aren't you glad for the day you walk through that bloody door? Y'all got to come with me fast because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I ain't going to get all the way to 20. I can tell you that right now. Not in one night. Or you don't want me to anyway. But... Uh, I'm going to go as far as I can down this road. And then we'll come back tomorrow night. But I, I, I've made it simple because my brain don't have any other gear. But, and I just use, use the letter B. 
And I started with chapter 12, the blood chapter. And so if you don't mind marking your Bibles, and your Bibles certainly need to mark you, you can write it in your notes or write it over each chapter or just write it in your heart. And we're going to walk through these chapters and go down Redemption Road. Let's stop first and thank God that he brought judgment so he could get us out. Them plagues. Now, I ain't got but 15 seconds to spend right here, so y'all got to come with me. I don't have time to run back to Knoxville and get a soul choir to get down here and act in the right way. Help me now. I got all you white people to deal with. And y'all just, even when you get blessed, you just look. Bless your heart. <laughs> so I need you to help me now. Them plagues. Brother Don, I believe that's a picture of conviction. I'm going to say this. God brought all that judgment on them. He brought judgment down there in Egypt just so he could get his people out of there. Do y'all remember when he brought a lot of judgment in your life just so he could get you out of there? I'm glad I got lost so I could get saved. Amen. Thank God. I ain't got time to deal with all that. I mean, I do, so maybe I will. But <laughs> Genesis is the sin book. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Look at the last verse in Genesis. Look how it ends. Now somebody tell me how Genesis starts. Give me the first line. In the beginning, what, what? God, hey Rodney, God created. Now what's the last phrase in Genesis? A coffin in Egypt. Genesis is the story of our sin. We started with the creation of life that put us in God's paradise. But sin took us out of paradise and put us in a coffin in Egypt. Egypt, the type of this whole wicked world. And that's where the Lord found us. But thank God when he got done with the sin book, he wasn't done writing the Bible. <laughs> There's another book coming where he's going to exit us out of a bloody doorway. Mm. Mm. I'm going to say something 10 seconds. If y'all act like white people, I'll be mad and preach an extra hour. So here it comes. Thank God there's another book that follows. I'm glad he didn't leave us in a coffin in Egypt. Because when you flip the page to Exodus, a Messiah is born. I ain't got time. Y'all got to get with A Messiah is born. And then God brings judgments on Egypt. Aren't you glad for the day that he came by your way and plagued you? with all sorts of convictions and judgments and got you ready to come up out of Egypt. Okay, so we're in chapter 12. See if the Lord will help us. <laughs> now, each chapter, of course, could be preached on for an hour easily. But I'm just going to touch them. You go home and study and let the Lord help you. So did you put it over chapter 12? The blood. And look in verse 13. Look in verse 13. I'm going to try to be to the next chapter in the next 90 seconds. So we just got a minute and a half to be in this chapter. But look in verse 13. And when I see the blood, 
I will pass over to you. You ought to underline that's one of the most precious gospel verses in the Old Testament. <laughs> when I see the blood. <laughs> Woo! Look at verse 2. Exodus 12. Verse. I'll get that frog in a minute. Verse 3. Oh, okay. We probably only got 60 seconds left. Y'all got to hurry. Look in verse 2. This month <coughs> shall be unto you the what? The beginning of months. They were, they were two-thirds of the way through the year, and the Lord said, no, this is going to be a, we're just going to start right now. <laughs> Your life didn't really start until you got saved. <laughs> and then the Lord said, all right, this is going to start all right. This will be the beginning. Woo! Is it the next verse that says, hey, lamb? <laughs> is it the next verse that says, a lamb! According to their house of their fathers, a lamb! Do you see that? A lamb. A lamb. What's the next verse say? And his house will be told, the lamb! You should take every man according to his idiots and make your camp. The Lamb! All right, y'all look at me and help me just for a second. We're down to 30 seconds. You remember when you heard about a lamb? I couldn't follow your story. I got lost when you moved out west, but I, I got the gist of it. I don't know if you was the big brother, little brother, if you was in the Air Force or you lived in Montana. I, I, I lost, you lost me there, but I got the part where Jesus came to y'all's house. I got that far. And you heard about a lamb and went to church and found out it was the lamb. And tell me what the next verse says. Your lamb. Amen. Thank God. Your lamb. This thing ain't going to work with just a lamb. We're not all going to the same place going through different routes. If you're trusting Muhammad or Allah, you ain't going to heaven. If you're trusting a father on earth and a mother in heaven, Roman Catholics, you ain't going to heaven. Amen. If you're looking for seven layers of self-consciousness and shaving your head and wearing an orange robe, Buddhist and Hindus, even though I'm not going to give up the Chinese buffet, if that's part of it, I'm in. But thank God. Hey! I don't care what Confucius say. You better find out what Jesus say. Hollywood, humanists, pagans, hedonists, living like animals, acting like there is no God, acting like their own God. Honey, I'm sorry. There is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He's more than a lamb. He's the lamb. But he better become your lamb. I'm going to say this. Ten seconds left. My seconds go slow. Ten seconds left on this. When you walk through that bloody doorway, and that's how they had to do it, that blood applied to the top of the door. And then it, of course, dripped and puddled at the bottom. And it was up to the side. And when you came through that bloody doorway, the blood dripped down on you from above. And when a thrice holy God looked down in all his holiness, all he could see is the blood. And when you walk through that bloody doorway... It'll coat the bottom of your feet and there'll be a coat of blood and the fires of hell reach up 
never can touch you because that blood. And then when you come through that doorway and brush up on either side of it, that blood gets all around you. It's under me, it's over me, it's around me. And the fiery darts of that wicked one in this present evil world. If God could open your spiritual eyes and see the devil swirling around you out there, honey, it'd scare you to death. But thank God the blood's on me, the blood's under me, the blood's around me. I'm covered by the blood. A lot more preaching there, but let's go to, let's go to the next chapter. Now what's okay. So now we got saved in the blood chapter. Now we're in chapter 13. Chapter 13. Now a lot of these chapters, Brother Turberfield, Brother Crider, a lot of these chapters are so easy to find what they meant. But I had to read this one. Had to read this one. Okay, chapter 13. And, and mm, I, I was looking for it in there, looking for it. Well, it was looking right at me. Looking right at young preachers. You ain't got, you ain't got to write sermons or find sermons. You just get full of the Bible and then preach it. What's the first thing the Lord said? Sanctify. What? Unto me. All the firstborn. What do you think he was when you got saved? He was a newborn. You got that first birth. It was that second birth, which makes you part of the firstborn. Whatsoever openeth the womb. Oh, my. And so you know what the Lord said? We got a new baby here. The firstborn and the newborn. Let's sanctify it. What do you think God does for you the next chapter after you're getting saved chapter? He sanctifies you. I wrote down beginnings. God starts taking care of his little baby youngins. Y'all ain't helping me. I'll be careful. There's little children here. But uh, this is what happens when you're born. Amen. Come through that bloody doorway and then you're born. What about that? This is the first mention in your Bible of the word sanctify. Could not be sanctified in that sin chapter. We got left in a coffin in Egypt. But when you come through that bloody doorway, he'll sanctify. Set apart, made holy. Sanctify. What? Unto me. Underline that. Unto me. Oh, that separation's from the world, but that sanctification's under, under Christ. Amen. And this is the beginnings. And, and now watch this. Watch this. Is it verse 4? He said, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Is it verse 4? Look at your Bible, Drew. You're totally unfocused tonight. <laughs> it's verse 5. <laughs> Drew's lost his focus. Verse 5. Oh, it's verse 5. Yeah. And he swear unto thy fathers to get a land flow. By the way, circle that little word swear. Everything you got now has been sworn in blood. Y'all ain't helping me. The word of God's been sworn in blood. And he said, I know you got a lot of enemies. He listened there. Hivites, Jebusites, Washington, D.C.ites. You got all kind of ites in here. Amorites, Hittites, Hivites, Jebusites. But he swears some things. What about? Told you who your enemies was. But he said, don't worry about that. I've promised you some things. <laughs> Beginnings. Beginnings. 
For all you preachers came tonight, here's you a nugget to go study. This is what's got, I got to hurry. You're going to run this one right by you. Verse 13. It's another beautiful picture of our salvation. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. Oh, my. This little picture of God. Watch this. And for the children don't know, that's, that's the old English, the old farm language for the donkey and the, that Bible, that ass in the Bible. And what about that? What about a lamb dying for an old donkey? <laughs> Who's quick with their Bible? Rob, go to Job 13, 12. Rob, hurry up, Rob. I mean, Job 11, 12. I was going to ask Drew, but he's just way out there somewhere. Job 11, 12. Job 11, 12. Are y'all writing this in your notes? It'll tell you what. All right, read it there, Rob. Read the old English with an English accent. For they man would be wise, though man be born like a wild ass Though man be born like a wild ass's colt. The Bible will interpret itself if you'll let it. The birth of a man. Job eleven twelve, oldest piece of literature in all history. The book of Job was written before. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. The book of the Job, the, the book of Job, is the most ancient piece of literature in sacred or secular. Library of Congress, the ancient library in Alexandria, Egypt. There ain't never been nothing written earlier than the book of Job. Amen. And everything you need to know about is in the Job book. And he told you what your birth was. The birth of a man is like the birth of a wild ass's colt. And what about God said we're just an old wild donkey? But a lamb's been provided. Woo! So talk about our beginnings. Our beginnings. Watch this now. Verse 17. Boy, y'all got to hurry. We're trying to go down Redemption's Road. Beginnings. Watch this, Brother Turbofield. Verse 17. Came to Pab and Pharaoh, let the people go. God led them not through. Huh. Verse 18. But God led the people about. Hmm. You get saved, you can get, you're done with running your life. You're done with taking them straight lines. I'm here, I need to be there, so here I go. Well, we're all going to watch you and see how this goes for you. No longer you going straight through. God running this thing now. He, he leads you about. Oh, I'm only going to give you an hour-long sermon in 10 seconds. There was war in front of them, and God knew they couldn't survive it. It says it in that verse. War. So it said in the next verse, took them in the wilderness. I need to stop a little minute right here and call out you bunch of whiny Baptists always whining about your wilderness. You better be glad he took you that way. You wouldn't have survived the other way. I need to emphasize that one more time. I go to y'all's Wednesday night prayer meetings. Name that body part. <laughs> Help me now. <laughs> Wednesday night prayer meetings. 
And if I'm sick, I want everybody to pray for me. And I want everybody to feel sorry for me. And I want you to think it's a lot worse than it actually is. Because I like being petted. But brother, we got the most carnal, silly prayer requests in our American churches. Across the country, they're praying for freedom. They're praying for their souls. They're praying for revival. And we down here muttering and mumbling and murmuring about our phone bill and our gas bill. And my wife mean and my neighbor's mad. And I don't like my job. Please, two before, please. Two before, bring one quick. Bam! Thank you. Well, I started tithing and I lost my job. Honey, I got news for you. God knows there's a war in front of you that'll kill you. He'll take you in the wilderness out there and it won't. You might ought to adopt some New Testament principles like in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Why are we in the wilderness? Because God's keeping you alive. Go to the next verse. Is it verse 19 where Moses, oh, I want to emphasize this. Where is the verse where Moses brought the bones of Joseph with him? Is it 19? Now this really, I, the Lord's given me a whole nother message on this. And it's a begging to be preached, but not tonight. Moses brought the bones of Joseph. There was a prophecy in them. Joseph said, God ain't going to leave us down here. You bring my bones. That was the comment on his life in Hebrews 11 in the faith chapter. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the part of the children of Israel concerning his bones. And Moses brought the bones. I got a message I ain't preached yet on bringing the bones. Brother Richard, you know what they got in this chapter for the babies, all the newborn babes in Christ? This is a chapter about newborns and old bones. Newborns and old bones. Moses was the pastor. He was the shepherd of the flock in the wilderness in the Old Testament. And it's even the King James Bible calls the Old Testament congregation a church one time. I think it's in Acts, Brother Crowder. I think the church that was in the wilderness, this is the Lord's people. Y'all ain't helping me. And thank God. I'm going to say something. Y'all better help me. I ain't got time to go to Knoxville and bring a soul choir back. I got Tommy's choir as close as I can get. I'm going to say something right here. If the newborns need anything, we need the old bones. What do you mean, Brother Lee? Don't leave our heritage behind. Don't leave our forefathers behind. Don't leave what God, the testimony he gave us. I'm talking about all your social media little celebrity boys who are gone contemporary. Reason half of y'all like them so good, you like that contemporary music because it's got that nightclub sound. Am I going to have to hit that again? The reason you hit the like button on everything them little social media celebrity boys do is because you enjoy your nightclub Babylonian sounding contemporary music 
more than you do church music. Of course you do. It appeals to the flesh. Well, it don't matter what genre the music, just as long as the words are right. John Ray. I had a cousin named John Ray. He'd get mad if he knew you was talking about him. He'd look crazy, too. One ear lower than the other, and he had an extra eyeball. So, I mean, he, you don't want to mess with old John Ray. Just as long as the words are right. Who you been listening to? Your Facebook pastor? Let me get an old-fashioned Coca-Cola bottle. Y'all got one? Well, don't worry about it. Drew, you're so just... I mean, give me an old-fashioned Coca-Cola bottle. and they used, We used to find them and turn them in for five cents each. Look on the bottom, see if it was in your city. Says it's the real thing. Let me go out here to the sewage. The church I was in Friday night, the sewage overran. They had more people than they had potty. <laughs> they had 300 and two potty, and the thing overrun. I'd, I'd like to take that Coke bottle and just get in there and fill it up with that sewage. And then come back and say, here, go ahead and drink it. The words are right. The words, Coca Cola, it's the real thing. Take you a drink. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what the words say. If it's full of hell. Give me that church music. What are y'all doing following your Instagram, Pastor? Your little tweeting Twitter. Tweety, tweet, tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. When I was growing up, they were the cat trying to kill that Twitter bird. Yeah. <laughs> right between Foghorn Leghorn whooping his little boy. And Yosemite Sam cussing without saying a bad word. We had real role models when I was growing up. Old man trying to kill a rabbit. That's what you do to rabbits. You kill them, cook them, eat them. What's the real thing? Get you a swig. Well, the words are right. I'm going to tell you what we need. All the newborns. Need what was in them old bones. <laughs> Beginnings. Go to the next chapter, chapter 14. This is the Red Sea crossing. I'm about to run, about to shout. I would run out the door, but I'm praying for that thing to flood all the way up here. They don't have a lakefront property. They shouldn't have built down there, knowing we'd be up here praying. Red Sea crossing. Go ahead and write baptism down. This was a baptism. Baptism. For your notes, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 2 called it a baptism. And they were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. This is just an Old Testament picture. Another, There's several Old Testament pictures of baptism. Mm. This is a baptism. I'm going to say something. Y'all got to come with me now. Let's, we're going to have to plow for a minute. Can y'all come here? Plow for a minute. That water baptism is pointing to a spiritual baptism. Y'all do know that, don't you? I believe in water baptism. I believe people ought to get water baptized after they get saved. It's one of the two ordinances of the church 
the Lord gave us. He told us the Lord's Supper and He told us to baptize. And the Lord's Supper is a picture of Christ being in you and baptism is a picture of you being in Christ. And we believe that. But don't you overemphasize water baptism. It's only symbolic. It don't save you. Sorry, Church of Christ, it don't save you. Sorry, Baptist Briders, it don't make you any more special than anybody else. Sorry, Roman Catholics, sprinkle all the babies you want. If they don't get born again when they grow up, they ain't never going to get saved. It's a baptism. It's a baptism. What is that baptism? Let's talk about, let's plow a little longer. Let's plow a little longer. All right. The Apostle Paul, he is the apostle to the Gentiles. He was the church apostle. Simon Peter, Roman Catholics corrupted that. Simon Peter had the two keys hung around his neck. And in Acts 2, he preached the gospel for the Jews. In Acts 10, he preached the gospel for the Gentiles. And he opened up the door into the grace of God, the church age. And then God called Paul. He called Paul. And he is that church apostle. And he gave us the right perspective on baptism in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For Christ sent me not to baptize. There you go, Church of Christ, Roman Catholic. There you go, Baptist Briders, getting a little carried away. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, to preach the cross. Then in the same breath, just so you'd know we're supposed to, he said, I did baptize some of y'all. So he followed the instructions of water baptism, but he let us know that it was not important enough to be ranked up there with your salvation. Can I get a witness right there? Now, let's dig a little deeper because this baptism is a spirit-filled life. Joe Parsons said, every time God's people got baptized, they, they come up in a new country. Every time the Lord took them down into a body of water, they come up in another country. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. You getting it? Joe, uh, uh, Brother Dana Williams said that every baptism was a new beginning. Joshua went down in that Jordan, come up in Canaan. Y'all ain't helping me. Elijah went down in that Jordan. He come up and went on. You talking about changing countries. <laughs> he went on up to heaven. Moses took him down in that Red Sea and they left Egypt and come out there headed to Canaan. Mm. We can keep going. Now watch this. Noah and the ark is called a baptism. It's in 1 Peter 4. He said the like figure whereunto, and he talked about Noah and the flood, and he said the like figure whereunto baptism doth now save us. Not the figure, but the truth. He called Noah's flood ark of baptism. And water never touched Noah. He called Moses' Red Sea crossing of baptism, and water never touched Moses. 
Jesus said, boys, right here in Jerusalem, and you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And, they, and in Acts 2, they were. They were baptized in the Holy Ghost, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. It was a baptism, Jesus said, and water never touched them. Are y'all coming with me? Yeah. What are you saying for you? Now we believe in water baptism. We done cleared all that up. But do you reckon it's pointing to some spiritual realities? Yeah. Not just an empty symbol? I'm going to say this to you. Every Christian in here needs, needs to have a Red Sea crossing, a Jordan crossing, a baptism where God changes your world and changes your life. It's Amen. a picture of the spirit-filled life. Amen. Jesus was baptized, was he not? Good time. John didn't even want to. He didn't feel worthy. John the Baptist. And Jesus said, Thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Now you go ahead and baptize him. And when he did, now I'm going to ask you, Jesus didn't need salvation, did he? Well, dear time, Jesus was salvation. Jesus didn't need sanctification, did he? Dear time. He didn't need to be set apart and made holy. He's the one that sets you apart and makes you holy. What did it do for you? He gave him one thing. The heavens opened up and saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. He come out of there anointed. Y'all ain't helping me. He come out of there the Spirit of God on him. Seemed like I seen Noah get off that flood and operating with a dove. <laughs> Y'all ain't helping me. Honey, we ain't got many churches been baptized in the power of God. Pentecostals have absolutely muddied the waters, no pun intended, muddied the waters until nobody wants to talk about a baptism of the Spirit. Down the road, them frozen formal fundamentalists, they'll stop it at 1 Corinthians 12. By one Spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Well, yes, the Holy Ghost put me in Christ. Yes, the Spirit of God put me in Christ. But then Jesus turned around and put me in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) My formal brothers are getting nervous right there. They're afraid we're going to turn into women preachers and start speaking in tongues. (laughs) Well, I guess with what all they can do today, I guess we could be turned into a woman. Who, Brother Richard? Me and you would make ugly women. You know that's right. That's the truth. I just got a picture and then that's really scary. It's a baptism. I'm going to tell you something. We need our life cleaned up and washed in and buried. We need a death and a burial. I ain't talking about getting saved. That happened happened back in 12. I'm talking about getting spirit filled. And ain't no need if you look for some big emotional charismatic experience. Some people have sudden and dramatic events in their life where the Holy Ghost does things. And then some people are very gradual and very slow in a development. I don't care if it's dramatic or if it's a development. Don't you worry about it. You just need, you need that death, burial, and resurrection after you're saved. At first, put, put him in me. 
I need now to be put in him. Y'all ain't helping me. It's a baptism. What are you saying? There's nothing mystical here for you to try to figure out. We just need the power of God on our lives. And he's usually got to kill us and bury us to do it. To change your world. To put you in another country. Y'all ain't helping me. He'll do it, won't he? He'll do it. And then that takes us to chapter 15. We come on up out of there. We come out of our life. And chapter 15, write this down, blessings. I'm about, to act, I'm about to eat a pew and run all the way to Knoxville. Whip four people that don't believe in tithing, three mean women that gossip a little too much, slap all of them, and then come back here and shout. <laughs> you boys go with me. I'll be a little winded. <laughs> Chapter 15 is a blessings. You want, you want to see them? In verse 1, they're singing. Yeah. In verse 27, they're in an oasis. Twelve wells of water. Seventy palm trees. Brother Rob, wonder what the spirit-filled life will bring you after God kills you and buries you and brings you up in the Holy Ghost. You're living in the spirit-filled life. You reckon you'll start singing? You reckon you'll, you'll walk into an oasis? Y'all ain't helping me. Blessings! Are y'all looking at verse 1? Do you see sang? Underline it. You new Christians, underline this. Sang. Do you see the word song? Do you see the word sing? Y'all got them underlined? This is the first mention of song or sing or sang in any tent. There's no song mentioned in the Bible until you get to Exodus 15. Ain't nobody singing back there in that sin book. But if you come through that bloody doorway and let him take you up like a babe, bring him old bones with you, do it the old pathway. Let him kill you and put the power of God on your life. You'll come up out of there singing. Brother Virgil, this is all three tenses of time. This is past, present, and future. Sister, the sang is past. The song is present. The I will sing is future. God done what God done for us when He saved us takes care of our past, takes care of our present. We can sing in our past. We can sing in our present no matter the storm. No matter how bad your past was, you can look back there and sing. It's under the blood. It's under the blood. It's under the blood. You can sing to your past. You can sing. There'll be a song in your present. No matter what storm you're in. No matter what sorrow you're in. Brother Grider, no matter what trial you're in, he giveth songs in the night season. And you'll quit worrying about your future because you will sing. (laughs) 
Now tie this in. You say, okay, we come out of a spirit-filled chapter and do a singing. Go right to singing. Does the New Testament back this up? Ephesians 5.18. Let's see how many Bible quoters we have in here. That's to be filled with the Spirit verse. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Don't we need to pray for Tennessee? Everybody's drunk. Everybody's high. Everybody's addicted. Everybody's in that bondage. Don't we need to pray? Don't we need to don't we need to pray for our children and our grandchildren? Oh, this be not drunk with wine. Ain't but one thing gonna give you enough power to overcome that flesh. And that's that next thing he mentions. But be filled with the Spirit. And there's not a period there. But be filled with the Spirit. What's the next thing? You got any Bible quoters? Speaking to yourselves. Here comes past, present, future. Speaking to yourselves. Here comes past, present, future. In Psalms. That's the oldest songs they are. And hymns. That's to get us through today. And spiritual song. Looking out to that spiritual day. That spirit world. That the heaven and glory. He gave us song. Heaven must be to eat home of the happy. You ought to hear me without allergies, Brother Virgil. I've had them for two or three decades. Mm, spiritual songs. And while the ages roll. Spiritual songs. Songs that look forward to a day when we'll be without sin, we'll be without sickness, we'll be without sorrow. Bless the Lord. Blessings. I close on this one. We've gone down Redemption Road, and here in a little bit, I've got to send y'all down the road. Look out, make sure that water ain't coming. I'm praying for it. This property value will just shoot straight up when there ain't no more houses down there, and y'all are the lakefront. They sit in a built down there. We've come. Chapter 16. Here comes the manna. Here comes the bread from heaven. Is it verse 4? Bread? Is it? Yeah, verse 4. This is where he gave the manna. It developed with the dew as the dew distilled. You couldn't get out there before the dew and get it. You couldn't get out there after the dew. The sun burned it and get, you had to get it out there right in that little in-between time when the dew laid it out there. Bread. I want to stop and say this to you. Thank God for your Bible. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is that bread. You're holding it right there. Brother Turbifield, you remember what that little widow woman? He was so sick that night. Anytime you get in them second world and third world conditions, you can pick up parasites and bacteria. Me and Brother Larry was in Albania, Eastern Europe. People don't go to Eastern Europe. They go to Western Europe. France and Germany and Spain. They don't go to Eastern Europe. They thugs and gangs, mafia, crime, poverty. 
We was over there and he was so sick that night his body shook so that his bed vibrated across the floor. Well, no doctors. With no clean water. I got up that night and opened up some little water pills and tried to put them in some bottles to purify the water. Give it to him. He was so sick that night. I thought he was going to die. I mean, it, it was... His body shook so violent that his bed shook and moved. I thought he was going to die. I asked him if I was in his will. Hey, before you know anything happens, you leaving me anything you want me to have. I was really concerned about him. <laughs> Any guns or knives that you want me to have? Let's get this clear. Quit shaking. Look at me. I'm trying to get something cleared up here. Anything you want me to tell Sherry about them guns or knives you want me to have? It shook. It was moving. I was so glad he lived through the night. That would have been a real headache dealing with all that, you know. <laughs> that next day we were out in a little village in an atheist, communist, a thousand years, the Ottoman Empire, the Turkish Muslims had them for a thousand years. Russian communists had them for a hundred years. They declared there'd be no Bibles, no God. Listen, the dictator, General Hosha, was so crazy. He burned all the Muslim mosques. He burned all the Greek Orthodox churches. He burned a few Roman Catholic churches. There wasn't nothing else. He said he was God. He declared he was God. The songs were to him. The books were about him. He allowed no religions. We don't know how God got to them people. When that iron curtain was open and Reagan told the old fella, tear down that wall. We went in with the gospel. Somehow there's some old timers in there that knew him. Not ever will forget. Brother Laird nearly, I mean, he violently sick that night before. He was so weak he couldn't hardly walk, but he was out there because we didn't have a choice. That desert heat. Coming up that little rocky lane and God let him run right to probably an angel. She grabbed him and she said, Jesus Christi, Jesus Christi, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christi, Jesus And the Holy Ghost, every bit of him like red hot lava run through that little, that little rock walkway. God flooded him. We were having language bears, but we wasn't having no understanding problems. She clutched that Bible, Biblius, fella. This is your Christian. She held that Bible. Was that the trip that our driver told us how he got saved? Bloody. B L E D I. Bloody. Age 24, tough as a pine knot, weighed about 92 pounds, short, wiry. He was our driver and our guide. Told us how he got saved. I'm talking about that bread. I'm talking about that Bible. It's manna from heaven. Boy, raised an atheist. And then Muslims. There's about 12 of us in that little old ragtag Eastern European van. Rusted out, no air. I think bouncing along, I said, Bloody! 
thing was full of our preachers who was all in that van. Tell us how you got saved. In a communist, atheistic country where the Muslims had come in. How'd you get saved, Bloody? I'll condense the story, but it went like this. He said, all my life I have the Koran, Muslim book. He said, but when communism leave, Christians come. He said, I have a man who is my friend. He's a missionary that came through for one day. When you have nothing, you treasure everything. He only knew this man one day, never seen him before, never seen him since, but he said he's my friend. We know each other our whole life and still not even a good friend. He said, I have a friend. Came to my village for one day and he gave me a new book I never see. He said, I took this new book, said Holy Bible about Jesus Christ. He said, I go home, I sit at my table. I have my old book, my Muslim book, and my new book, my Jesus book. He said, I open the Jesus book for the first time and look at it. (laughs) You remember Brother Larry? He said, when I read it, something changed in me. (laughs) He said, I took my, here's what he said, I took my old book and put it away because it never changed me. He said, this one changed me the moment I read it. And he, and, he, and he had one up there with him in the front of the van. He said, he said, this, my book now. That's what he done. Now this is my book. The new book is my book. <laughs> we, had an old, we, had a, oh, we had a preacher from Alabama, David Phillips. He got so happy. We got the shouting in that van. David Phillips got so happy, jumped straight up, only you couldn't. We were all sitting down in that van. He jumped straight up and slammed his head on top of the thing. It was great. Rust, dust came in down everywhere. It was awesome. This is my book now. When I read it, it changed me. I say, old book never changed me. This is my book now. Thank God, y'all. And what are we doing sitting around Tennessee holding this when there's people in other countries that need it? G. Campbell Morgan said, No man deserves to hear the gospel twice until every man has heard it at least once. Thank God for our Bible. Bread. You're going to need it because chapter 17 is battles. Let's bow our heads. Sister Jolene, y'all make music. Who'd like to, hey, who'd like to come down here and pray with me? And number one, thank God we were born in a country with the freedom of religion and the word of God. Who'd like to come down here and thank him for our blessings? Anybody need the power of God on your life? God may have to bury you and kill you in them death waters so he could resurrect you a new creature. Anybody want to come down here and help me pray that we have the power of God on our life? Let's all stand. Make it easy to move.
Come on. Anybody want to get on this altar and fall in love with their Bible again? Call on the Lord for a little while tonight. Thank you. If you're here and you're lost without Christ, you can be saved tonight. You should be saved. God will save you. Jesus wants to save you. He commands all men everywhere to repent come to him Help us sing. You know the song. There is a fountain. Help us sing. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from. Sing it, church. Sing it. Oh, I saw. 